If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Happy Monday, Monday, November 20th. Happy Thanksgiving week. We have entered one of my favorite weeks of the year. Are you guys hosting Thanksgiving? I just found out that I am hosting 18 people. I've never done it. Never done it to this extent. This is a big group of people, guys. I'm a little bit anxious about it. I'm not going to lie. feels like a lot of work. So, This isn't a cooking show, but I wouldn't mind getting a link to your favorite turkey recipes or your favorite, you know, side dishes. We're doing turkey. We're also going to do a brisket. It's not very Thanksgiving-like, but, you know, adding some protein to the mix. We're going to do some mashed potatoes. We're going to do some mac and cheese. My sister's bringing some stuff. My mom's bringing some stuff. And it's going to be a full, full house. So, oh my gosh, one of the comments from Katie says, hosting Thanksgiving and getting married the day before. I mean, I thought my life was busy, but you win the award, Katie. Congratulations. Mazel tov. Very exciting that you're getting married. How fun. Oh my goodness, you guys. Mondays are always good because I missed you. I miss you over the weekend. You know, I don't get to kind of like shoot the shit. And gossip it up, but we've got a lot of fun things to talk about today. I am tired. I am a little out of sorts because I got to sleep in this morning. Uh, Lance took care of the kids for me, so I got to sleep in because we went out last night. We obviously we were on, um, we were on. Uh, I was on the panel at Zach Peter's Friendsgiving. I'm going to tell you all about that. So much fun, and then you know, so it's going out on a Sunday night. Going out on a Sunday night, at a, it is a, it's not really something I normally do, guys. Not something I'm used to, but it was so fun. So fun. It was my first time going over to the bourbon room. I'll tell you guys all about it in just a moment. If you were there last night or if you watched the live stream, let me know. I did meet some dosers. We're also going to talk about Sister Wives. This was possibly the best episode I've ever seen in a long time. Um, the amount of screenshots. I saw in the uh, the screenshots that I saved from watching on my phone of Robin in various stages of crying were unbelievable. It's unreal. I've never seen someone like this. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay, so (laughs) 600 Patreon members I hit today. And that reminds me because Patreon is such a great space for me to be able to be a little bit more open and honest and just tell you guys a little bit more of my opinion without getting, you know, in trouble. 
So join Patreon if you haven't already. Those that were part of the overdose section, which is the double, like the the higher tier, we had our happy hour, our monthly happy hour. We had it on on Friday night. Got to hang out with like 15 of you. I don't remember how many people showed up. And Justin Martindale joined the show, joined the happy hour, not the show. He texted me about something randomly in that moment. And I was like, wait, what are you doing? Come on and join the Zoom. So he got to come on in. It was so, so fun to hang out with him. Justin is one of those people that is, he's just funny. He's funny. He's a delight. I enjoy him. It was really cool for a lot of you guys that got to hang out with him and meet him um, virtually, of course. And he'll come on the show. He'll do like an official guest on on Daily Dose in just a little bit. It was really uh, cool to hang out with him. And then Saturday, we threw Dylan a birthday party. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One thing I will never, ever want the job of is a party planner. I am horrible at it. I am overwhelmed by it. I'm stressed out by it. Like. I can't, I can't sleep before party. Like I hate it. The amount of work that goes into throwing a party for 30 kids is a lot. But you know what's so funny? Shout out Mimi, one of the moms, because it's a it's fifth graders, and I don't know a lot of the moms yet. You know, it's like kind of know them. Was, I started this school last year. So, you know, I'm not like I didn't go to preschool with these moms. So I'm just kind of getting to know them a little bit. And one of the moms um who dropped off was like, I listen to your show. I watch you on Instagram. I'm like, Mimi, like besties now. Um, So that was really, really fun. But it was a lot of work. And then yesterday was a full day. And then, of course, last night. So let's get into talking about uh, Friendsgiving. So Lance and I got an Uber smartly because I'm not having cocktails in Hollywood and driving home. And we went over to Katsuya, which is do you guys have a Katsuya where you are? Like, I know there's a bunch around LA. There's the original one in Studio City, Encino, Brentwood, Hollywood. But it's right, Katsuya is like Patty Corner from the Pantages, which is the big, um, you know, if you want to go see a musical or a show. Last night was Mamma Mia. So there was tons of people at Katsuya. It's everyone right before they go over to the show. Um, it was a great restaurant, so fun. We sat at the bar. We had some sake. We ate some sushi. It was nice to have a little date night with him. Lance looked so cute last night. Um, so many of you guys, it's so funny. He is so many of you think he looks like Jeremy Renner, but Jeremy Renner is five, seven. Lance is six, two. I'm five feet, which if you met me last night, now, you know, I'm a shorty. So then we walked over to the bourbon room. It's very close to there. It's a block away. And it was so windy in Los Angeles. (laughs) I was like blowing away. We got into the bourbon room, very cool venue, like really, really dope. And did I just say dope? I must be tired. I can't remember the last time I said dope. Really cool. <laughs> so it was, uh, Zach was doing like a little pre-show meet and greet. He probably sold like a certain kind of ticket for a more intimate kind of hang. And it was him and the Brav Bros and his friend Josh from Louisiana. Um, so we went in there. We just kind of watched them for a little bit. They were answering a lot of fan questions. They were talking about different shows, who they would, you know, want to hang out with in real life, which men they would want to fight, <laughs> which is funny to hear from Zach Peter. Um, saw Patrick and Paul watching too. So Patrick and Paul, if you guys are chumps or if you guys know that whole universe, they were hanging out in um, 
you know, the, uh, the room they were watching. And so we watched for a little bit. Shout out Linda. Linda came over to Lance and she's like, I'm a doser. I'm here for your wife. So cute. Actually, a lot of you guys found Zach through me, which was so cool to hear that last night. Anyway, we got to meet and hang out. I took some pictures. Um, I'm not like profesh enough to get them live streaming on the, on the, you know, screen, but I'll show you here. And I'm also going to create a post later, but look how cute steel and shooter are from Brav bros. They are so cute. It took me a while to remember, which is which did you guys ever have that issue? Okay. I tried to remember. So steel is this one. Steel is the guy on that side on the left on my left. And then shooter is over here. So shooter has the mustache. Steel is uh, is the dark haired one. They're both dark haired. It's hard. It's hard. It's like, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of people don't remember if my kids are Dylan and Oliver, they don't remember because they both are blonde kids. They're very similar looking. Anyway, got to hang out with them. They are so cute. So sweet. So fun. Got to, got to meet uh, Paul and Patrick and take a picture with Zach. Let me get that going. Look how cute Zach is. Zach and Paul are, are the same size. Um, Andrew says Steel is so fine. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. There's no question. We did get into a little conversation about, you know, Travis Kelsey because they're Philly guys and it was the Eagles. You know, they're Eagles guys. And Taylor was an Eagles fan. Taylor's dad is an Eagles fan. And now, you know, she's dating the Chiefs, which I think, according to my eight-year-old son, who probably knows more about football than a lot of other people right now, because he's so obsessed, he said that he thinks the Chiefs and the Eagles may have a chance to go for the Super Bowl again. So we may get another little brother face-off. Is that correct at all? So anyway, we chatted for a bit. Then we went into the show the room with the show and they sat us like kind of in a VIP upper, like it was like a leveled up corner table, really cool venue. Like I said, um, so we're sitting there, Lance and I just like, you know, got a drink sitting, hanging out and chef stew gets, uh, comes on in because chef stew was, um, part of the show as well. So I knew I was going to see him. I've met him before a few times. He came in. He sat next to us. We chatted. He was great. We had such a nice conversation. I got to hang out with Ronnie Tits as well. And then Annie was there from, um, Annie was there who is their social media person. I, I think she used to do Heather McDonald. She does Stews, I believe she does Justin Martindale. I know she does Sarah from Jeff Lewis Obsessed. I'm sure she does other people. I don't really know who else, but she does a lot of that kind of uh, social media. Got to see her. Got to meet Kelly from another Jeff Lewis fan group. So it was really nice hanging out with them. The show started. Um, the show started. I went on stage with Steel and Shooter and, uh, and Lauren. Oh, my gosh. Now I can't get her name wrong. Herbert, is it? I just met her for the first time last night. She is a Lauren Herbert. She works for Access Hollywood and she does something called the Housewives Nightcap. She's really, really cute. She interviews a lot of the housewives. Like if you watch her content, you'll see a lot of interviews that will come up that are, you know, go viral for various reasons. She was very, very cute. She was on, um, the BravoCon, uh, panel. She did the housewife to housewife 
panel. So she's like, you know, she's a good uh, journalist in the housewives world. So she was up on the panel with us and Jolene Lenzer, who's a YouTuber. And she opened the show. And so it was really fun. Listen, I have the whole thing filmed. Lance filmed that part. So I'll cut it up and and get some good moments for you guys. But it was really just nice to be asked a lot of Bravo stuff and a lot of, um, you know, what do you think about this? And how did you feel about this scene and this on the different shows of what, what your favorite show is? By the way, what is your favorite Real Housewives right now? We've got Miami. We've got Potomac. We've got Beverly Hills. And we got Salt Lake City. Name them. How are we able to go through life without saying name them a hundred times a day? Like at this point, I'm, I am definitely name them, name them. Like it, it, it came out of so many people's mouths last night. Now I feel like it's part of our vernacular. We can't stop. It's kind of a problem. Like how many times did, have you heard name them over the weekend? It's crazy. Anyway, um, then we sat back down and he had a bunch of his guys come up there like Zachary Reality and uh, Faces by Bravo and a bunch of different guys went up there. But at this point, I was kind of sitting in a different section. I went and sat in a different section with Kristen Doty and her boyfriend, Luke. And I got to hang out with them. And they are, st- number one, Kristen's beautiful, beautiful. And, uh, her boyfriend, Luke was so nice. He was, he was saying that, you know, they met in Colorado at a wedding. I can't remember if it was Denver or Boulder, one of those. And he just like randomly met her. He has never watched any of these shows. He is so not an LA guy. He's so not a reality TV dude. He's just like a, like a boyfriend of, it's a kind of really cute he's so in love with her. He's watching her. He's like, you know, enamored by her. You could tell when she was up on the stage. She went up on stage with Gigi and uh, Reza from Shaws of Sunset. I was chatting a little bit during that time, so I didn't get to like fully listen to a lot of it. Um, and that's kind of when we decided to leave too, because it was getting late and we're parents. And it was a Sunday night. We did hear some stuff. I know that. Um, Gigi said that she really doesn't like Lisa Vanderpump. That was like made very clear. Reza from Shaws of Sunset was talking about traders and the amount of money that he made versus the amount of money he thinks like Larsa made and other people. So I'm sure it was good. I wonder if you can buy the live stream still from last night to watch it. I would love to watch it again just to see things I missed by chatting with people. Anyway, it was a great night. It was so fun. We got to meet a lot of you guys. So thank you for coming up to me. If you ever see me, just like come and say hi, please. It's such a pleasure to meet anyone. And um, Lance had fun. Lance was like, it's so weird that people want to take pictures with you. It's like, is it though? Is it Lance? Don't you want to take pictures with me, Lance? Yeah, Gigi does have a lot of issues with people. There's no question. There's certain people that just like live to confront and to like have issue. And then there's certain people that are just like cool and calm and collected and fun. Um, yeah, Gigi said something. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly about LVP, but like just like she was never nice to her. She was kind of rude to her. Um, I personally, if I had drama with LVP, I would just keep that in a little box, in a little lock box, because I feel like LVP is like very powerful in that Bravo world. And Gigi, if you're trying to get back on TV, you know, 
Oh my gosh, we haven't really talked. You know, Susie just said Gigi and Shep was the biggest surprise for me. We have not talked about what Paige on the Jeff Lewis Live After Show. Oh, speaking of, uh, Paul and Patrick were the hosts of the Jeff Lewis After Show today. And I didn't get to listen because I was watching Sister Wives for you because that's the important work that I do for you. Um, actually, for me. For all of us. And Patrick and Paul shouted me out. They were so sweet. They said, oh, Donna, Daily Dose of Donna. She was so sweet. She was funny. I think something like that. It was very cute. So on Jeff Lewis Live's after show last week, Paige was on talking about talking about BravoCon. And she was talking to, I can't remember who, maybe it was Pej. I don't remember. And she mentioned that Shep was awful. Now, we have heard this. We talked about this on the show after BravoCon. And we're not surprised, right? Shep is a hot mess through and through, top to bottom, right? Like, he looks a hot mess. He acts a hot mess. And in real life, he's a hot mess, apparently. Now, Vegas is one of those places. It does get the wild out of you. Like, it pulls the wild out of you. There are no clocks. There are no windows. You just always think that you're awake and it's alive and it's four in the morning and you don't know what's going on. All you hear is ding, 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 ding in the background. You smell smoke. You see, you know, cocktails. It, it Vegas does have that ability. But remember, Shep was there for work. And so it's one thing like, you know, to have fun and, you know, go out and, and party it up in Vegas for a party weekend. And there was a lot of housewives that were partying. So I don't think I'm not judging in any way, like if you get drunk or have some drinks, but Shep should have known that, you know, lots of eyes were going to be on him. You can't go to BravoCon as a Bravo celebrity and not expect random people that know you in the lobbies, like everywhere you go. So Paige said that he was sitting at the, I don't remember if it was blackjack, poker, whatever, one of the tables, and he was just shit housed, and um, he was an ass. She said he was awful. She said he was like not nice to the dealer and just hammered. Not a good look, Shep. At what point do we grow up? I have had nights where I've over, I love how people say when I've been overserved, um, where I've drank too much, but I've never, ever, ever gotten so drunk that I've been like a nasty, awful, horrible human being out in public. I don't understand it. Certain people just have that ability, but Shep, has clearly has some sort of issue with alcohol, right? We've seen it now for years and years and years. Um, yeah, it's Shep needs Shep needs an intervention of some sort. Do you think Craig can give him an give him an intervention? Speaking of, Craig is going to be on Brav Bros soon, and I talked to them about it. I said, "I'm sorry, how did you get my boyfriend?" And I said that in front of Lance and Lance is a hundred percent like on board with this. He's like, yeah, how did you get her boyfriend? Lance is a very supportive husband. You know, I'm sure he would, uh, if he had a crush on Paige, I would support it as well. Um, they just like started chatting in DMs. So this is like my, this is the year we're coming up in Thanksgiving what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for the dosers. I'm grateful for Daily Dose of Donna. I'm grateful for this amazing platform that gives me an opportunity to, you know, have fun. And I'm grateful for Craig. Hoping the soundbite gets to him, you guys. Manifesting. I see Craig getting on as a guest of Daily Dose of Donna in the, in the year 2024, if not before. If not before. He needs to, you know, start 
promoting those Hanukkah pillows. And I am the perfect platform. We're going to work on it. Okay, y'all. So anyway, uh, it was so fun. Oh, I was also, by the way, on Mandy Slutsker. That's how you pronounce her name. Mandy Slutsker, her podcast last week. It is called, Is This Real Life? Have you heard about this or have you heard this? I posted on my stories and stuff. We talked about all the housewife shows last week. She's great. We had a great time chatting. It was so funny. I told her that I went to BravoCon for like two hours three hours. And I was like, I was kind of at like a maximum. And she said she went to BravoCon Friday, Saturday, and Sunday open to close. She was at BravoCon for three days. I was like, what? She did it all. She went to all the events. She met all the celebrities. I guess certain people just do BravoCon differently. Still trying to figure out next year's BravoCon. Please put your um your pin in next year's BravoCon dates when we get them and come, please. Because next year, maybe like for real, for real, I'll have some time to plan a doser meetup because that's what I want to do is the truth. Um, okay. So anyway, we uh, let's get into like some news stories, right? Get into some news stories. Um, nothing crazy huge has come out. Nothing like so over the top, but there is a lot of Taylor Swift news. It doesn't go away. I know a lot of you don't mind it. I don't mind it. I love, I'm a Swifty. A lot of you guys find it, um, you know, a little bit diff- difficult to, to, you know, be on the Taylor Swift train. But this is so crazy. It's a horrible story, actually. She was in Brazil, in Rio. I want to say it was Rio de Janeiro. And, um, and it was a very hot time in Brazil right now. And Taylor was performing, I think she was going to do two nights. Let me get the dates here. Um, And because it was so hot, the fans were like dying. Literally, one fan died of whether it's dehydration, cardiac arrest. It was so hot that Taylor Swift had to like pass out water bottles to people throughout the entire experience. Like, this is unreal in 2023 that we're dealing with a situation where it's so incredibly hot that people are passing out for a Taylor Swift concert. This is not, you know, some wild fire fest type of uh, situation. This is a Taylor Swift concert. People pay so much money to go. People pay so much, you know, to to attend these. This is their life saving, some of these girls, to go to these shows. And unfortunately, on the first night, I believe it was the Friday night show. She, um, she has a 23 year old fan, you know, passed out and, and had a cardiac arrest and died, which is just so sad. Now she dealt with it in the best possible way she could. She wrote a, a, a letter. She was so apologetic. This is not Taylor's fault. This is probably something along like the, the stadium, Whoever throw, you know, different stadiums have different rules. So that's probably what happened. Um, she then postponed her next day's show because of the extreme temperatures. And then she ended up going back on. Um, I feel so bad. During Sunday's show, it says firefighters spray the crowd with water outside of the stadium to help fans stay cool. Free water cups and handheld fans were also provided to concert goers. It sounds like they really, really, um, you know, tried their hardest to kind of bring back the energy. She she did 
release a social media statement and said, I can't talk about this on the stage because if I do, it's going to be really sad and hard. I really do believe that she was probably so devastated over this. How could you not be? How could you not be? Anyway, Travis Kelsey, he was on um, the cover of Wall Street Journal looking, which is so random, Wall Street Journal, but it looks like, the picture looks like a, um, I don't know, Vogue or something. He is so damn hot. This is the picture. I mean, look at that face. I think Travis Kelsey is smoking hot. I don't know if the Taylor Swift of it all is making him hotter, just knowing like the inside scoop, but he's so cute. I mean, look, look at that cute face. He reminds me of someone I can't really put my finger on it, but they are a cute, cute. Oh, it looks like GQ. It looks, it, they are very, very cute. Um. So anyway, so in the interview, he did talk about the fact that he's a Swifty. He talked about how they met. We all know that he tried to meet her at a concert by giving um, a, you know, a bracelet, one of the friendship bracelets, and passing it on over and um, got blocked by security. But then people started to find out who he was because he talked about it on his show. And then people kind of started to hook them up. Um yeah, he's not talking about the first date. It says, though, he will say that he managed not to be nervous. When I met her in New York, we had already kind of been talking. So I knew we could have a nice dinner and like a conversation and what goes from there will go from there. If anyone was nervous, he adds, it was his core group. Everyone around me telling me, don't F this up. And me sitting here saying, yeah, got it. As those first heady days unfolded, as news bulletins and cutaways showed Swift cheering Kelsey on from his suite, Kelsey was uncharacteristically guarded with the media. That that was the biggest thing to me. Make sure I don't say anything that would push Taylor away. Um. Anyway, it's cute. It says he seems freer about it all now. He doesn't need to be asked about Taylor. He mentions her unreservedly, lavishes praise on her, calls her hilarious, a genius. They share compatible worldviews. Um, they're both very big family guys. They talked about one of his friends and, um, you know, describes a sweet magical moment, a late night gathering around Kelsey's fire pit when they looked like two peas in a pod. And at one point, they even burst into a memorable duet of teenage dirtbag. Anyway, very cute. I like them together. I think it's an adorable pairing. And I'm convinced they will get married. I am. I'm convinced on it. Okay. Brad Pitt. Did you hear about this Brad Pitt shit? You guys, Brad Pitt, I think, is sadly coming out to sound like the worst human being in the world. Like, what is going on with the Brad Pitt of it all? Let me get cozy here. I need one of those chairs that I see on TikTok advertised all the time. They don't have handles on them, and it's called a crisscross chair where you can just sit crisscrossed on your office chair. So I, I need to, those TikTok shop ads work for me. I want to buy it all. I will buy it and then I'll put it on my shop. Um, so he, uh, Brad Pitt, guys, you know, obviously he was married to Angelina Jolie forever. And then they, they adopted a ton of kids together. But according to Pax, who was Angelina Jolie's, I want to say, well, he's 19. I think he's the oldest one of the kids. Um, let me just make sure about that. 
Okay. Angelina Jolie adopted Pax from an orphanage in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam in 2007. He was three years old and had been dumped as a newborn. Okay. So I think it was, I, I really do believe that this was Angelina's first child. Um, and then Brad formally adopted him. Yes. That's pretty, pretty, I'm pretty sure about this. Well, and a social media rant from 2020 has like been unearthed. I have no idea how this happened, but it's during Father's Day and it's a picture of Brad Pitt on stage receiving his Oscar. And this is what he says on it. Um, Happy Father's Day to this world-class a-hole. You time and time again prove yourself to be a terrible and despicable person. You have no consideration of empathy towards your four youngest children who tremble in fear when in your presence. You will never understand the damage you have done to my family because you are incapable of doing so. You have made the lives of those closest to me a constant hell. You may tell yourself in the world whatever you want, but the truth will come to light someday. So happy Father's Day, you effing, he said the word, awful human being. Oh, Maddox was first. Okay. Oh my God. Thank you guys. Yes. So, oh, the eldest son was Maddox. Now this is not the first that we've heard about some drama with Brad Pitt and the kids. Um, you know, there was a altercation aboard a private jet between eldest son Maddox and Brad Pitt at some point. And now we know that Pax and Brad Pitt have issues. We know that um, I can't remember her name. Uh, the one of the daughters, Zahara. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Zahara, who's 18, was filmed doing some sort of rush for a sorority at wherever school she's at. I don't even know. And when she had to introduce herself, yelling it out, she just called herself Zahara Jolie. So she's dropping the end of pit, like the pit part of her name too. We've heard alcohol issues. We've heard all kinds of things, but it's not good. And if that's actually the case, if Brad Pitt was actually, you know, whether it's alcoholic or angry or mean or whatever, um, yeah, I mean, it's just awful, awful for those kids. Um, and I don't know a lot about Angelina as a person, as a human being. I really don't. I met her one time. Um, outside of a Rite Aid years ago. I have a picture with her. I have to find that picture. I wonder where it is. Anyway, um, pretty pretty shitty for, for those kids. And I tend to believe the kids. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes, you know, what benefit does a kid have to come out and attack a parent, a very, very popular, famous parent, unless there was some rooted in truth? Um, coming from my life and what I've gone through, I believe the kids, right? Now let's talk about another sad story about a father. And it's about Nicole, Dr. Nicole from Real Housewives of Miami, who I love, who I was saying that I love her life and her husband, Anthony, and, um, you know, they're not husband, boyfriend, and, you know, she's pregnant with her second baby. Anyway, her, her dad has been a very popular, not popular, featured character on the show last season. He is you know, he struggles with alcoholism. They definitely had a very challenging childhood uh, relationship, I should say. But she was trying very hard to try to make it better. But he triggered her. And, you know, every time they would get together, there was like some issues. And um, this season, we haven't seen the scene yet, but we do see a scene 
coming up in this season that they were actually together and having a conversation. So, and he even says that he's having another kid or something. Anyway, um, he passed away. Dr. Nicole's dad passed away. And this is what she writes. This was on, this was on Saturday, I believe she said this, or maybe it was yesterday morning. I haven't been able to find the words and still can't. Everything happens so fast and it doesn't seem real. Part of me is still waiting for one of your crazy phone calls. So many things left unsaid and moments we didn't share. Trying not to dwell on the missed moments and focusing on the improvements we made. You had a zest for life and I know you're having a party up in heaven. Rest in peace, dad. Love you. That makes me sad. Anyway, she posted a bunch of pictures with him and her. She wrote on her stories, thank you for all the condolences and all the messages of love and encouragement. Although I may not respond, please know that we appreciate the support. And then she posted a picture that she's up in the mountains with some snow saying, thankful for the distraction of the scenery. Now, I saw something that really upset me. Someone had posted about it in their, like someone shared the post and one of the comments actually never read comments. Like this is really what I I've learned. But one of the comments basically said, um, you know, I, you know, like shame on you for not forgiving him or like shame, something very kind of mean on Nicole, almost giving Nicole some grief for not, you know, immediately just like making amends. And if you are someone who has a toxic parent or uh, an alcoholic parent or a, maybe a formerly abusive parent or a mean parent or a bad narcissistic parent, um, you know, that's why the Monica and her mom scenes on Salt Lake City are so triggering. I don't believe, and I say this as a mom, I don't believe that you have any any responsibility to make amends, to make up with, to forgive, to apologize to any of that with someone unless they deserve it. I don't care if they gave birth to you. I don't care if they had you as a kid. I don't care if they're your brother, sister, uncle, whatever. I think that this is something that we have to do to protect our peace. And this is a triggering conversation for many. So I apologize if you're upset by this, but I don't believe in that, in the need to immediately just forgive a parent for horrible, horrible actions, unless you truly believe that they are apologetic, that they truly can take accountability for what they've done and that, you know, they have changed. So for me, I think I am, um, you know, I am of the, the, listen, I mean, you guys aren't here to listen only about my personal story, but I don't talk to my dad. Um, by choice because I could I couldn't anymore because it was so unhealthy for me. And I think about this all the time. If if God forbid he died, I don't even know why he said God forbid, but I feel like I have to say that if someone dies. Um, if that happened, like how would I feel not talking to him right now? You know, how would I feel? Would I regret it? Would I question it? Um, Lance also doesn't talk to his dad for different reasons, but similar. And his dad just had a stroke and Lance struggled because he's like, I'm starting to wonder, you know, do I have to connect with him and be friends with him again? Because I feel like we have to, you know, I don't want to feel bad for the fact that if he dies, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's a it's tough, you guys. It's a tough conversation. All I know is that I listen to, there's a rabbi named Steve Leader and he's amazing. He has a podcaster. 
I don't know if he has a podcast. He's big on Instagram and he's written some books. I actually heard about him from the world's first podcast, which is the Foster Sisters. And he talked about this and he said basically that what he's noticed, because he wrote a whole book on death, because he gets asked to like come in and, and you know, basically do prayers with people that are on the verge of dying. And he wrote a whole book on death. So if you're interested on death, this is a like not, you know, just kind of what happens to families and the, the getting ready for death and how to feel during death, et cetera. And he said that what he's noticed in situations where you have a toxic parent or a toxic person in your life and you go to, um, you go to the, like death, their deathbed basically, and you try to make things better. He's noticed that none of that will actually like rid you or make you feel better in terms of your guilt if the parent itself themselves are not actually, you know, apologetic and accountable for what they've done. So like the question is, do we want to forgive people that are horrible for us to us just to remove our guilt or do we want to forgive people because we actually want them to die being forgiven. Does that make sense? How morbid is this conversation? How morbid is this? Okay, let's try to lighten shit up and talk about more uh, toxic people named Cody Brown. But first I have to shout out Lauren from Cults Be Colton. I love Lauren. She sent $20, $19.99 birthday money for Dylan. Oh my God. That is so sweet. Thank you so much, Lauren. That means the world. I'm definitely going to show this to Dee. Um, I appreciate it. I think that, uh, you know, in terms of toxic, on a scale of one to 10, I would say tox Toxic Brown. <laughs> That's his name, Toxic Brown. Toxic Brown. I think that um, Cody Brown is so damn awful. <laughs> This was, I think, like the finale, you guys, because we're entering on, you think Bravo like stretches out reunions? We are entering a four-part tell-all for Sister Wives. A four-part. Guys, four parts. It's too much. Who has the time? I do. I'll be watching. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pulling out the eyebrows right now. Hold on. Trying to pick today's colors. What do I want to do? What do I want to do today? Um, so, oh God, you guys, sister wives was a sight to be seen. I will tell you the episode really focuses on two main things, focuses on Mary Brown, finally breaking up with Cody Brown in the breakup that should have happened 35 years ago. And then we see, we have a, a little side story, like, you know, in, in TV, the way it works is like, there's the main line, like the A story and then the B story. So the B story is kind of, you know, the, uh, Christine and Janelle hanging out with their family, with Christine's family, eating on paper plates as always. I mean, do the Browns own an actual plate? Why do these big families always do paper? I understand dishes. I feel like we've got an environmental struggle here. You know, for people that talk about Coyote Pass and being out in the pond and the nature, like start using some, some plates. Sometimes like fine for a big grand, you know, hang with the 46 family members, fine, pull out the paper. 
But on an intimate four-person dinner, you have to eat on paper plates? Kind of confused by it. Okay, so um, we start the episode by Mary doing her selfie videos. You know, Mary, one thing about Mary, there's something about Mary. <laughs> Mary really, like, she needs to put the eyeliner down. There's a lot of makeup, a lot of eye stuff, very, very pronounced in the eye. Um, and, you know, she really also spends a lot of time with the curling iron, with the with the hair products. I would imagine she probably owns about 14 sprays of wet and wild hairspray. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? Her, what do you think? What kind of products do you think Mary is using in her in her bathroom? Surely not anything fancy, right? She's got a lot of wet and wild going on in there. Mary starts the episode by talking about the fact that her relationship with, um, you know, Cody is not going very well. And she, they went on an anniversary and they had a really nice conversation. This was last year and they had a really nice conversation. And she almost thought that maybe this means that they were actually going to get together again. And I watch every show that I watch with a, um, with subtitles. I don't know if you guys do. I love a subtitles. Oh, and it reminds me, I have to set the settings on the show to always lift up si subtitles. So I will, I promise. And she's talking about it. And I had to screenshot this moment because she's mentioning that he said cheers to a new beginning on their last anniversary date. So she thought, oh, maybe we actually are getting married. Now the subtitles, the they, they didn't exactly hear the word cheers because, you know, they're talking about Cody. And when you think of Cody, other than thinking of the six-pack abs and pecs, you think of his hair, right? You think of his hair. So the subtitles actually say, cheers to a new beginning. Literally, it says, cheers to a new beginning. So I thought that was kind of apropos. Because that is something Cody would do. He'd be like, shears to a new, right? Like hair shears to a new beginning. She's talking about the fact that, you know, the relationship is just not what it is. Like, not it's not even going anywhere. She knows she watched last season when it was really hurtful when basically Cody said, like, I, I don't give a shit if Mary finds a new guy. In fact, I'll celebrate. In fact, I will throw a party. In fact, I will literally pay for her wedding. Like, I don't like Mary. I'm not interested in Mary. I don't even want it. I never want to think about being romantic with her. I don't want to even be her friend. In fact, I don't even want to look at her. The fact that we share a show together is shocking. I don't even want to sit on the same picnic bench with her. I hate Mary. Okay, he didn't say all of that, but it basically did. Like the guy despises Mary. And she says, he's been pulling away from me before the catfishing. And then she took a pause. Before the catfishing. And there was like some very, very strong pauses there before the catfishing. Naima. So Mary is like, here we are. Like we're at the end of the rope. Now Robin somehow feels there's there's still a chance. But let we'll, we'll get to the picnic bench, the emotional picnic bench set it, uh, scene in just a moment. Where we are now, we go to Christine and Janelle's. Well, we go to a hike. We go hiking. 
Okay. We go hiking with like 46 people in Christine's family. It's someone's boyfriend's husband's sister's daughter, mother who goes to college. I don't even know. These are the parts I glaze over. You guys, I can't. I'm so bored with some of these scenes on Sister Wives. I really just want to watch anything having to do with Cody and Robin. That's the truth. I love Christine. I love Janelle. I love Mary. I don't really love Mary. I'm kind of like Cody with Mary. You know, Cody's not alone in his distaste. I mean, I would choose Mary over Sabin. But anyway, they go over to um, this hike. You know, they're slowly walking through this lovely hike. There's a lot of rocks. Janelle's naming plants. Who knew? They're having a great time. And, um, and, and that's really it. You know, Christine says, my brothers haven't asked me a lot of questions about my divorce from Cody, so I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I don't know if it's going to be on this hike or it's going to be later, but it's coming. Oh, and it did come because later they start doing Frisbee golf. Now, here's the one time I have really related to Janelle. I am the worst Frisbee thrower. There's something about a Frisbee, whether it's the flick of the wrist, something about the air. I don't know. If I want the Frisbee to go there, it goes there. If I want the Frisbee there, it goes there. I have absolutely no control about a Frisbee. I truly do believe that Janelle and I could really relate to this. Maybe Janelle and I can go on a Frisbee like, like lesson together for Daily Dose. She's like, God damn it. Eve said, I, I've never heard her say that. She said, God damn it. No, she didn't say God. Maybe she just said, damn it. Can't remember if she pulled out the God. Pissed. She wanted to get that Frisbee into the hole. Just like Cody in the white sports car, getting it in. Why is everyone struggling getting it in? You know who isn't struggling getting it in? Robin. Robin's not struggling getting those tears out. But we'll talk about the most dehydrated, thirsty person in the world, Robin, in just a moment. I have to save the good for the end. Anyway, they have a barbecue on paper plates sitting. I think they brought their chairs from... Um, from Flagstaff because it's all the same chairs always. It's always these random camping chairs that they sit outside. Like, does it, no one have a table? No one has a table? Even the brother's house in this gorgeous, beautiful yard, they don't have a table to sit at. Why are we always sitting on these like camping chairs? They must have brought them in their car. And why are we always outside? We're always, it's always COVID nervous. Anyway. They start talking about the um, conversation. They start talking about, you know, with Cody, what's going on. Christine says, Cody was never attracted to me. And the brother, in a strange moment, the brother out of nowhere goes, I bet that's wrong. I'm sorry. Has Christine talked to the brother about her sex life? Felt a little odd. Not going to lie. So they go, um, they're chatting a little back and forth. Janelle was like, I'm not used to talking about this stuff. This is the best. She goes, I'm used to having this conversation, you know, with just Christine and I, but I'm not used to having this conversation in public. B, you're on a reality show, like a very, very highly watched reality show. I think that you should feel comfortable talking about this around four people. You're telling the world your story. We know all about the beanbag sex. Don't forget that beanbag. I'm surprised that beanbag didn't get shown in this episode somehow. Why didn't she bring the beanbag with her to visit the family? That beanbag should always stay in that trunk of hers. So they go to Coyote Pass. Now, does Coyote Pass do tours? Because I would love, you know how like the Roloff Farms, I was a little people, big world girl, love that show. You know how Roloff Farms like sells pumpkins and they do the, the tours. I would like Coyote Pass to do some sort of corn maze, like do some sort of pumpkin, like get us onto Coyote Pass. I would pay good money. I want to walk the lot. 
I want to walk the Coyote Pass lot. So they finally get there for this big conversation. They're supposed to have this big conversation. This is a conversation we've been waiting for all season. It's with Mary. It's with Sabin. And it's with Cody. And of course, you know, Sabin and Cody can't sit anywhere near each other. But of course, Mary's opposite them. It's Mary on one side, Robin, who's her true love, actually, across from her. And then Cody, who's falling off the bench. He's so far to, um, you know, to the edge of the table. He's like, I, I don't even want to be in the same vicinity with Mary. So they sit there and they start talking and Mary starts talking about the lot. Now, no, actually, they hardly say anything. I don't even think he says hi. He sits down. And he goes, want to walk the want to walk the lot, Mary? Well, she says, you know, I think we have a lot of questions to be asked before. Actually, Robin even. Robin goes after Cody a little bit in this episode, in this scene, which we'll talk about. So. They're, they're, they start, you know, uh, Mary says, I think we have some more questions, more conversation topics before we get into the lot. And he's like, really? Like what? And they start talking about their, you know, their relationship and they start talking about the, the different, you know, acreage of this lot. Now, here's how it's set up. We have a lot of Coyote Pass. Half, like it's 14 acres from what we know. Four acres is Sabin's, okay? That's a big acreage. Four acres is Janelle's, also big acreage. And then there's three remaining acres. That's 14 minus eight is six. So each of those three acreages or lots are two acres, okay? So one of them was Christine's. One of them was Mary's. And one of them was going to be the family lot. That's the one with the disgusting pond that all of them for sure got some sort of like gonorrhea from. Okay. One of them was there or that was the family lot. So they start deciding like who's going to get the lots now that Christine signed her lot back over to Robin and Cody. And Cody says, um, I am. I, I need a gym for my pecs, my abs, and my white sports car. Barndemonium. Barnuminian. <laughs> and she goes, oh, well, why wasn't that discussed with me? She says, this is not fair. You're going to get four acres. Robin's getting four acres. So you guys have eight acres together. Janelle gets four acres and I get two. Now, I feel like Mary needs at least six wet bars in this new home. If she builds, builds on Coyote Pass, she needs minimal Six wet bars, okay? We know Mary in the wet bar situation. We also need 400, you know, square feet closet size for LuLaRoe products. And then probably a large bathroom for all that wet and wild hairspray. And the tools, the hair tools, lots of tools. Mary definitely buys the hair tools from Instagram ads. So I believe, you know, these are one of those situations where I feel like they have, you know, she needs her, she needs her space. And she's like, this isn't fair. And it isn't fair. He's like, well, Mary has one kid. Janelle has eight kids. None of the kids are home anymore. The kids are off the table. Cody, you don't even have kids anymore. Like, there's literally just like two or three kids that are under 18. That's it. Like, We've moved on from this. We're, we're, we're over the kids. We're now like Golden Girls, right? We're watching Golden Girls. And this is like where Sob and Robin comes in. And, you know, this is why she joined 
Sister Wives. She wants the show. <laughs> she wants to be on the next rendition of Golden Girls. So Mary says, you know, but this is actually the time where I feel like I have a bomb to drop. Oh, no. Commercial break. We come back. And Robin goes, no, no, no. I have to say this before we get here. They're talking about what they're going to do with these spaces. And Mary asks Cody. And Cody says, Cody's about to say something. And then Robin says, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be married to you in about 22 years, Cody. <laughs> Guys, Bob and Robin started to laugh. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I was shocked. I was scared. I was confused how the turn into this. The only time that Robin is happy and laughing is when she's giving Cody shit. Actually, Cody was the only one sobbing Robin in that moment because Mary and Robin were like loving giving Cody some shit. But Cody, that man's ego cannot handle it. He cannot take a joke. He has absolutely zero sense of humor. If anyone says anything to him, just kind of like, you know, busting his chops or, or, you know, poking the bear as a joke or whatever, he can't. He is so goddamn sensitive. He's so defensive. He's such a narcissist. And he literally could not handle it. And in that moment is when they talked about how are we getting, oh, so Robin immediately was like, sorry, sweetheart, sweetheart, sorry. Here's how you like me again. I will be sad for you again, Cody. I know that you just get off when I cry. Every time I lubricate my eyes. Cody's pissed now. He doesn't want to talk about what's going on with those uh, those lots because according to Robin, he's in a bad headspace. Robin, Robin's like, Cody, no. Cody, no. We are not doing this. We are not talking in, when you're in that headspace. I need to go back home and get back on my knees for you before you get out. of. Where's that white sports car? We need to go back to where God told us we're in love. Mary drops the bomb that she's like, the Airbnb is calling me. Guys, we all know it's not the Airbnb that's calling her. It's Jen. It's Mary's lover. You guys, Mary has a whole relationship with gay, the gay guys, the designers, her, her you know, secret lover, uh, Jen. Convinced that Mary's possibly, well, this is not, you know. We're just like ruminating. I think that Mary's into women, I would say. I would say. In fact, when she continues on this conversation saying that the Airbnb is calling her and she's not going to renew her lease, Robin starts to hyperventilate. What does this mean, Mary? What does it mean? Mary goes, the way that Cody has talked to me, I just don't see how this is going to go forward. Cody's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> In fact, the only person that is sad for the breakup of Mary of Mary and Cody is Sabin Robin. Mary could give two shits. She's saying, it's not what I wanted, Robin. And Cody's like, it's not what I wanted. And Robin's like, it's really not what I wanted. I wanted to sit up. But before, before we go into this crying, 
it starts to build. It starts to build because she's like, I feel like we're having a breakup conversation right now. That's what uh, Mary feels like. And Robin starts to build. She starts to build the sadness. You can start to see the build in the crying, right? Uh-oh. The eyebrows are going up full force. And before you know it, she can't handle it anymore. She goes into a full ugly cry sob. After being on that show for so long and seeing yourself cry, wouldn't you stop? She starts hysterically crying. And then she gets up. I can't do I'm just going to. I need to go for a walk. I'm just going to go for I try to support you guys. It's just not. She's having a conversation with herself. Mary's like, get the out of here, Robin. Cody's like, okay, I'm good, Mary. Robin's like, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk. walk. I'm just walk. As she's walking away, no one cares. No one's running after her. And Robin just stops and turns around. She goes, I tried to be supportive. Look. And she's kicking rocks on her way on her walk. She's like sloshing around. She can't function. Mary's like, get over it, girl. Cody is like, uh, you know, oh, I can't wait to slap some happiness into her later when she's sad. That's when I, that's when my six pack abs really fix her, fix her up. So Robin goes away. Mary and Cody are like, so is this a breakup? Okay, cool. Like Mary pretends that she's sad. She's so effing happy. Cody is so relieved to be done with Mary. Like they're so happy that they're done. And Robin comes back because no one came after her. So she came back. I'm sorry, guys. It was just you. Me. Everyone's like, I'm sorry. Mary, Mary goes to Robin and she like holds her hand. She's like, it is sad, but it won't change. And Robin goes, promise. Of course it's going to change. Mary hates you. Mary hates him. You hate her. Cody, everyone hates each other in this family. The only person that everyone like, you know, that anyone likes in this family, they're all gone. Christine, Janelle, like those likable people, they're gone. Cody Brown, Robin Brown and the 17, you know, sad crybaby kids that they've popped out. They're the only ones that are still left in this misery. It's a house of misery. I do not want anything to do with being Robin and, and Cody's friends. Can you imagine like hanging out with them on a Friday night for dinner? It would do everything in my power if I sat across from Robin, not to just immediately take like a nail, I mean, a makeup remover and just go on her eyebrows. That's what I want to do. I want to like give her a makeover. So anyway, Mary is definitely um, fine with this. And Cody is absolutely fine. Absolutely. And Robin is the one left in hysterics, in absolute hysterics. When she sits there all alone, and this was the part that we have seen in so many of the different shows and you know, in the previews, but this was the best moment when she's sitting there as they're driving away. And she says, and I screenshot this little subtitle because this was crazy. She says, I will just continue to spend time on my knees. I shit you not. She said that. I think she means in prayer, but obviously she doesn't, right? Because she's Cody's wife. She's got to do her due diligence. This is when the full hysteria crying comes out. I mean, you cannot 
make that up. She goes, I wanted to be with my sister wives on a porch. I just remember coming back to this pond when we chose this location. And then they cut back to the pond where all these disgusting, like, it was the most disgusting muddy water. Like, God knows what kind of leeches were in there, some bacteria. For sure, they all got staph. They jump right into that pond, and that's when Cody was like, yeah, ooh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I've never gotten the ick so hard. Cody is like, his middle name should be ick. Ick giver. Cody ick giver Brown. I wanted more for this life. I wanted the sister wives on the porch. And that is how we wrap this episode. And then the preview for the tell-all is phenomenal. But one thing that does come out is that Cody says, the the host says, did you ever love Mary? And he goes, I told her I loved her. I chose to love her. What a waste of Mary's life. Mary has spent her whole life with this man who is now saying he never loved her even at the wedding. She had one child with him. She wasn't able to have more children. And her whole life has been dedicated to be his wife. She needs to go fly free, little bird. I am dying to see where Mary goes in the next year because she doesn't have a relationship with Christine and Janelle at all. She's not going to talk to any of those, those women, right? So it's going to be Mary on her own. Mary, LuLaRoe, Jen, you know, white or pink countertops. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I can't wait for the four-part tell-all. I can't wait to just like cover the show until the rest of my life. Can't get enough. I love you guys. Thank you so much for spending an hour with me today. Appreciate you. Uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you for the reviews, the ratings. You're the best. Join the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna on Facebook. All the links are below. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm going to watch Potomac. I didn't have the chance, but I'll see you guys tomorrow with Potomac and all kinds of other things. Bye, y'all.